we welcome you into another edition of the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters podcast, brought to you today by Halfley Haven Co. Candles. We mentioned them last week on the show, and I hope you have visited their Facebook page. The candles are great. I'm almost out of my teakwood candle. Burned it all week last week. It's just got this this aromatic scent. And, and, hey, guys, if you like, if you really want to have one of those places where it actually smells like manly, yeah. they've got a great one. There, the, the, the teakwood candle is the way to go if you want it to be manly. But I'm telling you, there are plenty of scents, plenty to choose from. These are 100% hand soy wax candles. No carcinogens. None of those chemicals that could that could hurt the air you breathe, the air your children breathe, it creates a nice aroma that is clean and keeps your house free of all the things that are detrimental. It just smells good. As we talk about there things that are detrimental. <laughs> Halfley Haven Co. on Facebook is where you can find them. Make sure to check them out and let them know that we sent you. And I'm sure they will love to hear that. So, Dave, as we mentioned off the top um, in the little stand-up shot, the week that was last week, we actually only did one podcast last week because Dave here was flying out to Arizona for for a conference. But a lot happened in the latter half of last week that we really need to get into, and it was two votes in the House of Representatives in Washington, both addressing rights that actually don't exist. Well, the, there's there's an interesting side of this because you've got rights that are built into the Constitution. And you've got laws that are created that Congress <clears throat> can create. And they've actually gone back through and, and they're discussing so many different issues. The issues of contraception, the issues of uh, so many other things that you sit there and go, really? This is what we're spending our time talking about. Not the high gas prices, not no. the fact that we're totally reliant upon external sources to receive those. Or that there's a boots-on-the-ground war in Europe for the first time in 70 years. And so those things, you, you have to ask the question all the time. If the, this hand is doing this over here, what's this one doing back here that I can't see? And in the theater that is Washington, D.C., was definitely run amok last week because it was just one crazy thing after another. And for some reason, having tape on your back with words written on there, just... I Sam, I sent that to the guys last week. The congresswoman from the first decided to, yeah, um, call out the representative from New York for pulling a publicity stunt. And then, anyway, not the point. Sorry. No. Um, we start with this House bill that ensures and enshrines the right to contraception. Now, again, plenty of people from a religious point of view might view contraception, birth control, differently, right? right. I, I think that's well regarded. And your opinion on on birth control might be different than mine or Dave's or, or anybody's. That's actually not the issue. The issue I have here, Dave, is exactly what you mentioned, that we're focusing on this issue that has become a, a, a big headline after the Dobbs decision simply because Justice Tom, Clarence Thomas right. wrote a concurring opinion in which he said that the substantive due process mechanism that we have used to decide three major cases needs to be revisited. And one of those happens to be an issue with contraception. But there is not a right in the Constitution for the use of contraception. Right, and so that's the place where you have to look at what the Supreme Court's responsibility is in this. The Supreme Court's responsibility is to take a look at the laws that are there and to, to put them up against the Constitution. The problem that we had, Justin, is for so long we had such an activist court 
yes. that they were basically, through the judicial process, writing laws that, the were, that were the responsibility of Congress to do. Congress can create a law on any particular issue. Congress can create a law legalizing abortion. That is possible for the United States Congress to do. That is a congressional legislative process. But the problem that we had with, with the Roe decision was that it did not, it was enshrining a right that wasn't outlined in the Constitution, which is the only thing that the that the Supreme Court can take a look at is the constitutionality of something of certain things. Well, and, and, and in this point, I'm looking at the New York Times. Apologies for going to the New York Times, but I'm looking <laughs> did at Did you this seriously New York Times have to piece. go there? Of course I did. Okay. In a concurring opinion, Justice Clarence Thomas explicitly said that other precedents, including those protecting same-sex marriage same-sex marriage and the right to contraception, we'll get to the same-sex marriage in a second, should be reconsidered. Here's the next line, and I, I hope you roll your eyes because I did. The constitutional right to contraception has been protected for over five decades by the Supreme Court's 1965 ruling in Griswold v. Connecticut. Now, that statement makes zero sense. The Constitution was ratified long before 1965. Right. And subsequent amendments to said Constitution have been ratified since then. A Supreme Court ruling on a case does not establish a constitutional right. The Supreme Court ruling on Roe v. Wade in nineteen in the nineteen seventies doesn't create a constitutional right to abortion. The ruling in Griswold v. Connecticut does not create a constitutional right to contraception. That does not exist. And what happens is these terms get bandied around, get bantered about, Dave. The constitutional the constitutional right to an abortion, the constitutional right to contraception, right. the constitutional right to gay marriage. Okay, I have the constitutional right that you have to regard me as handsome and brilliant, Dave. Okay. It's a constitutional right now. I you have, have a constitutional right, right for me to call you handsome and brilliant. Yes. Well, you are brilliant. Thank and, you. I, I, well, and your wife, I'm sure, we call you handsome. We'll go from there. Okay. The point is we're creating constitutional rights that do not, not exist. exist. Again, I have no problem with anyone, really. I mean, we can talk about the proliferation of the sexual revolution and how it's completely changed the dynamics of which our country exists. Um, I have my own opinions about how the family unit should be ordered. Right. And possibly there, you really don't need contraception, right? Or, But individual married couples can make their own decisions about what they want to do. The point is, there is not a constitutional right to these things. And the House of Representatives, because that even is a slim majority that they have... They don't have to overcome the filibuster. They don't have to deal with that no, archaic thing. Right? So they can just... The House of Representatives is like the old Western where you just had the shoot 'em up times, right? It's right. just the part of the movie where everybody's just shooting everybody. That's kind of what the House of Representatives is. It is, it is quick. It's it, four, so you have 435 members, yeah. and it is so often that you will actually see different pieces of legislation start in the House, and they will blaze through the House because... It is basically, and, and I don't mean this in an offensive way, it's like a cattle call. It's, hey, listen, hey, we need to pass this and do it and get it out. The South Carolina House is no different. They mm-hmm. will pass through a lot of different bills. The Senate is the deliberative chamber. They're in office longer. They spend more time on things. Their approach to the things that they do, the rules that they follow, require a different level of basically slowing down of the process yeah. 
to be able to then take a look at it and go, okay, what are we going to do? That's why the, the rules of the Senate apply so much in these particular situations because you begin to see, hey, listen, let's 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 slow the process down. Let's look at some different things that we may not have been looking or our colleagues in the House may not have been thinking about because right. they were moving bills through so quickly. So they moved one bill, and that was the right to contraception. That actually got eight Republicans voting on board with it, I believe, somewhere in that number. The bigger, I would argue the bigger issue, the bigger vote came in a different vote. Tuesday of last week, almost a week ago today, the House passed the Respect for Marriage Act, and this is coming from CBS News, which would protect marriage equality by repealing the Defense of Marriage Act. Now, the Defense of Marriage Act was signed in the 90s. That was signed into law by President Bill Clinton, who at the time didn't really agree with it, but because it passed so overwhelmingly in both chambers of Congress that he had to sign it. I mean, public sentiment was there. Well, because if he if he had not signed it, if he had vetoed it, there were probably enough votes Over to have overridden it, and, and he, he did not the, want to have that happen. He would have been on the outside looking in there. The bill this past week passed 267 to 157. 47 Republicans joined every Democrat in the House to vote in favor of the bill. Now, there are reports that, that um, House Minority Leader McCarthy didn't whip the bill. Um, kind of let the members vote right. as their conscience told them to vote. Here's the issue I have with this, Dave. And and here at Palmetto Family, we believe in the biblical view of marriage. Marriage is between one man and one woman. That's uh, been around since Genesis 2. There we go. Kind of how it works, Genesis 1 and 2. Um, th- this calls in Obergefell. Again, I-, I love the fact that Justice Clarence Thomas, in a concurrence in which no other justice signed on, he has created such a stir well, and, in the and, House and, and so that's the place that the responsibility that Clarence Thomas has as a justice on the Supreme Court yeah. was to express an opinion that may or may not have gone beyond that of the other members. I mean, as a justice on the Supreme Court as one of the nine members, he has an, an ability to agree with something on principle, but also give a different viewpoint. And what he basically said was, We've spent too much reliance on what they call stare decisis, which is, hey, listen, the court has done it this way in the past, and therefore we're going to stick with that simply because we're not going to override what a previous court has done. Right. There's a place in time now, and we have saw this. We saw this in Plessy versus Ferguson that was overridden by Brown versus Board of Education that established separate but equal, and then we're like, no, separate but equal is not a constitutional viewpoint. This is the same type of thing. And so what Clarence Thomas did, he basically said, you know, this may call into question everything that has been done in the past. So that has led to a congressional freakout over this. And they're like, well, if this is the case, then we've got to solidify gay marriage. We've got to also solidify contraception. We've got to solidify all these other things. Reality is, on this particular case, Justin, Congress has had an ability to act on all of these issues before. It has taken the, the, the writings of the opinion of Clarence Thomas to actually do what the congressional job is, which is to create and write legislation. Exactly. Now, the bigger issue here is when we talk about conservatism. What is true conservatism? The fact is 47 Republicans voted in favor to protect the equality of marriage. Specifically cited in this article, Susan Collins of Maine, 
uh, Lisa Murkowski, Rob Portman, Tom Tillis, have all said they'll vote for this if it comes into the Senate. So there's four that could right. overcome the filibuster of ten. So so the, the way the numbers have to work themselves in the Senate is this. They have to have 60 members in order to overcome a filibuster. That's part of the rules of the U.S. Senate. So a filibuster is some, any one member can turn around and stand up and start talking. As a matter of fact, in, in the annals of history, you've got Strom Thurmond, who went hours filibustering on the floor of the Senate. Actual filibuster. Actual filibuster. You don't do that much anymore. No, this was like reading, starting to read through the phone book kind of filibuster. Put on a diaper. Don't move. Don't move. And and this, they so they created a rule that said it takes mm-hmm. 60 members to agree to basically, for lack of a better phrase, sit somebody down. Yep. And and we call that cloture. You'll hear, hear us talking about that, especially in the South Carolina Senate. You know, how many it takes... In the South Carolina Senate, it takes 31 members to invoke cloture, which basically says, we're going to let you finish talking, but we're going to put a clock on you real quick, and you're going to stop at a certain time. And this is the same sort of thing that we're seeing in the Senate right now. If you've got enough votes to invoke cloture or end the filibuster, then that actually is enough to allow that bill to come up, and then the Senate will then debate the issue and, and work its way through so they can then possibly pass a law. Here's the thing. 47 Republican House members have said we're on the side of of believing that gay marriage is a right that Americans should have, which strikes at the core of conservatism. Right. In my opinion, and based on the definition of conservatism. Now, for me, my favorite comment from this article comes from Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois. Quote, Notice how quiet the Republicans were when the same-sex marriage issue finally emerged during the Obama administration. They get it. They're on the wrong side of history. Oh, I love the phrase, the wrong side of history. So here's, here's the point, because what we're talking about here is the Christian response to these two pieces of legislation. And then we're going to get to an article that came out from CNN over the weekend that was that strikes at the core, and, and we're going to read some pieces from it and have a conversation. The right to marriage confers vital legal protections, says the Office of Management and Budget. No person should face discrimination because of who they are or whom they love, and every married couple in the U.S. deserves the security of knowing that their marriage will be defended and respected. Well, it kind of goes back to a statement that Bill Clinton's press secretary put out back in 1996 Mm -hmm. when the Defense Defense of Marriage Marriage Act came out. The White House released a statement in which Clinton said that the enactment of this legislation should not, despite the fierce and at times divisive rhetoric surrounding it, be understood to provide an excuse for discrimination, violence, or intimidation against any person on the basis of sexual orientation. Even so, later the same year, Clinton ran ads on the Christian radio stations promoting how he had turned around and signed the law, trying to get some points off of having signed the law, while at the same time turning around and saying, I'll sign the law, but just, you know, that's no excuse for tra- there is no excuse for repeating for treating people with disrespect. Sure. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and treat other people the way you want to be treated. Yeah, love your neighbor as yourself. Doesn't right. mean you love the fact of what they're doing. Uh, Senator Tammy Baldwin uh, has also talked about bringing it to the floor with Chuck Schumer um, and and talking to Republicans about their support of the bill. This can be an interesting thing to watch yep. in the Senate. Because you're going to find out where your Republican senators are on the issue of same-sex marriage, largely uh, influenced possibly by the log cabin Republicans. Maybe. Um, it might have a little bit to do with that. And again, the former president 
has even appeared at some events put on by the log cabin Republicans at Mar-a-Lago. So again, you're seeing a movement here of the Republican Party. Uh, Albert Moeller wrote a piece at, at World News. If you remember, we had a conversation with Leah Savas after, uh, as we looked forward to the Dobbs decision, she uh, writes for World News, and, and so does uh, Moeller. He put out a piece, very interesting, on the, he called it the locomotive, right? The locomotive of the sexual revolution is now going in multiple different directions. It's actually turning around here, right? And and you're seeing con- conservatives, Republicans, Republicans, jump on board with this. Right. So you're seeing a total shift in the move of this issue. And as a, as a Christian, as if you're watching this, you're watching this to get your news from a biblical worldview. And, and, and so when you're watching this happen, how do you respond to it? Well, it's very simple. If you're a Christian, it's kind of hard to deviate from what the Word of God says on the issue of homosexuality. Right. It just is. I'm sorry if you're offended by that. Take it up with God. There is not a right to... Well, I'll put it this way, Dave. There's not even a right in the Constitution to marriage. No. You don't have the right to get married in the United States of America. So so marriage is, in and of itself, a, a politically created, in, in, in the legal sense, it mm-hmm. is a politically created entity mm-hmm. uh, so that you can have legal protections, protections that yes. exist. Marriage, as we understand it from a spiritual standpoint, is the covenant relationship between a man and a woman. The legality part of this, because you don't have, you know, it, 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 back in the days of Genesis, you didn't have to go to the courthouse. You didn't have to have a marriage certificate. Certificate and license. license so, yeah. so when you get a marriage certificate or a marriage license, you are getting a legal document that says the state of South Carolina or wherever it is that you got married is legally recognizing who you are. Yep. So this is a place where you have to start asking yourself, Okay, there's the legal side of this. And what they're doing is there's a lot of conflation that exists on this issue. And that's where sometimes you've you've got to start asking the question, how far are they wanting to take these legalities? And that's the place where Congress is really coming through right now and saying, listen, we're going to try to push it as far as we can, especially right now because... The U.S. House of Representatives knows the leadership there, the Democrats. They know what's coming. They know their days are numbered. And it's kind of like, all right, we know that we're getting ready to get kicked out of leadership. Let's figure out how many people we can actually, how many laws we can actually get through and pass just to say, hey, listen, we've done it. Which tells you a lot more about where they stand on the issues and and, and how they represent the people <clears throat> they supposedly support. Right. They could have done it before. And they haven't. It's now politically expedient for them to do it right? and politically advantageous for them to do it, and they're going to do it. So these are two issues that strike at the core of what you believe in terms of your Christian worldview. Now, article from CNN. I know. I'm sorry. You I'm sorry. really are trying to go to as many different CBS, CBS, CNN. CNN. I know you're not watching them. That's why we do. I argue that maybe this podcast gets more views than Reliable Sources with Brian Stelter. <laughs> Little little Brian. So there's this move. I'm going to read you the headline. Oh, yes. An imposter Christianity is Ooh. threatening American democracy. Now, I'm reading the Left Behind series. 
good series. I'm late, on, I'm late on it, but I'm finally reading it through. Very interesting. No, That's, Nikolai Carpathia is not mentioned here. No, but but it the ideas certainly are, and let's let's get into them. There, so let, they let's, say there are let's three back, beliefs. Let's Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins, what they did Great with books. the Left Behind series, they, they took the, the biblical concepts of what happens in Revelation and put it into a storyline, fictionalized format of what it could look like. The scary part about it is, I feel like there are days where I'm living through it's like the series that, right, the series that, that I read years ago. Yeah. And you look at it now and you're going, Really? Like, these things are happening. I won't spoil the book or the movie with Kirk Cameron, but you do have uh, a young man rise from pretty much obscurity in Romania, kind of moves forward, and you see it. it, it it's quiet over the course of the books, right? He takes over as right. Secretary General of the UN, and then all of a sudden in the third book, he's he's regarded as potentate, which is like, whoa, Ooh, when did that happen? We're a little far. So we're, we're, we're moving into this point where... And, and some of this that's, that's written in this piece from CNN, I want to make sure that, that I draw the line that um, I am just as much against some of the things that these people espouse in the article when they're interviewed as the person who wrote the article itself. There, they say there are three key beliefs that are often tied to this white Christian nationalism. Ooh. Number one, a belief that the U.S. was founded as a Christian nation. Okay. One of the banners spotted at the January 6th insurrection, because that's all CNN writes about. They don't have anything else to talk about. It's the January 6th insurrection that is now over a year and a half removed, and the democracy still stands. Really? Are we still in a democracy? Actually, we're in a constitutional republic, but that's another... I would argue that it it didn't do anything because on that very same day, just a couple hours later, Mike Pence and every single member of the Congress came back in and certified the election. Really? Yeah, happened the same day. The same day. On January 6th? The late into the night. They they, they, they actually certified the election before the end Vice, of the calendar Vice day. Vice President listened to John Are Adams. Are you and, serious? Yeah, James Madison and kept on moving. Yeah. Wow. One of the banners spotted the January 6th insurrection yes. was a replica of the American flag. Right. I don't know what that means. With the caption. Oh, because it has a caption. Jesus is my savior. Trump is my president. Now, I will tell you that at the time... Trump was the president, and if this person is saved, then Jesus is the savior. Erasing the line separating piety from politics is a key characteristic of white Christian nationalism. Many want to reduce or erase the separation of church and state. Doesn't exist, say those who study the movement. One of the most popular beliefs is that white among white Christian nationalists is that the U.S. was founded as a Christian nation. Founding fathers were all Orthodox Evangelical Christians, and God has chosen the U.S. for a special role in history. Now, I will tell you this: that if you've read the book, not Left Behind, if, the you've, read, if you've read the Bible, Bible, okay, the United States isn't mentioned in the Book no. of Revelation. We're not actually mentioned in any prophecy in Ezekiel or Daniel. It's not there. One would argue that the United States will cease to exist in its current form as a leader in the world before or right around the time. There are days where I feel like we're already there. The rapture of the church and or the coming of the Antichrist, depending on your dispensationalist views. The point here is that an increasing number of American Christians believe strongly that the U.S. is a Christian nation, has not oppressed minorities, and has been chosen by (coughs) God to lead the world. Any person who has any biblical understanding knows that's just not the case. 
So there's an argument here that, yes, there are people who are, who are using the veil of Christianity to, to, to espouse views that are not in line with Scripture. That's very true, and we should shout down those views, and we should but, shout but, down those stances but, as many times as we can. It's the same sort of thing, though, when you turn around and you talk about the rainbow flag. Well, sure. The whole concept behind the rainbow flag is is the left's attempt to take a statement that God made that said, I will never flood the earth again. Can't even do it right. They're missing a color or two. Are they? Yeah, that's... Yeah, they they, they're running out of space. They because are. then they also have to add that other triangle section to... Dot. And, and, and things. Yeah. So so when you look at that, it's this whole idea over and over and over again. And, and this is the place that is so disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Well... Then they have this second belief. So the first belief is that America was founded as a Christian nation. I would argue that many precepts from Scripture and how God orchestrates government are infused into the Constitution without even saying the word. The next belief, a belief in a warrior Christ. Now again, here's the problem with secular views on Christianity and secular views on Scripture. Because immediately they say a warrior Christ as opposed to the Prince of Peace. Let me let you know a little secret. Come in tight. <laughs> Same person. Same God. Same. The incongruity, the writer says, of people carrying Jesus save signs while joining a mob whose members are pummeling police officers leads to an obvious question. How can white Christian nationalists who claim to follow Jesus, the Prince of Peace, who renounced violence in the Gospels support a violent insurrection. That's because they follow a different Jesus than the one depicted in the Gospels, says Dumez, a professor of history and gender studies at Calvin University, a Christian school in Michigan. Here's what they do. They always find the one liberal who will espouse their view. Right. They followed the Jesus depicted in the book of Revelation. Again, same Jesus. I'm confused, y'all. The Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, same Jesus as Revelation. The same Jesus who appeared to Abraham in Genesis. Same Jesus who appeared to Samuel in 1 Samuel. Same Jesus. The warrior with eyes like flames of fire and a robe dipped in blood who led the armies of heaven on a white horse. Uh, You're... your tense is not correct there. Who led the armies? No, who will, will lead, lead the, the armies? armies. But again, it's it is CNN. White Christian nationalists right? have refashioned Jesus into a kick butt savior. I like that. <laughs> who is willing to smite enemies to restore America to a Christian nation by force if necessary? Warlike images and language, like putting on the full armor of God, has long been in place in Christian sermon and hymns. It has largely been interpreted as metaphorical. But many white Christian nationalists take that language literally. No, if you read about the whole putting on the whole armor of God, it is not metaphorical. It is completely literal, but it's not actual armor. No. Actually, if you actually read through and, and, and see what the armor of God is, then, you know, that it just, they can't grasp on this one, Justin, the whole idea. They've never that, read the Bible. They've never read the Bible, and they think that we're that we're sitting there actually thinking when we put on, you know, the the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, right, and the that, belt of truth. <clears throat> that we're literally putting on metal, and and you're going, y'all, no, it, it is not that, and this is where I think their their disdain towards Trump 
just played itself out so much so that there it is it's changing a lot but it is trying to figure out how do i create this sense of angst among a group of people who are like i don't know and understand and trust the system that we've got right now and again there's two sides to this right because i don't agree with everything that the people at the capitol that day were doing i don't however and i don't agree with some of the things they say like you know, um, some of the views. Because I believe a lot of it sort of takes the Bible and puts it in your own lens to accomplish what you want politically. Right. God's not there to accomplish your political goals. Okay? I'm just, sorry. That's just, <laughs> it's just true. My favorite line, one of my favorite lines, I got a lot of them. The more you line up with Christian nationalism, the less likely you are to support gun control. Guns are practically an element of worship in the church of white Christian nationalism. Now, again, Christians shouldn't be opposed to guns. Christians shouldn't be for guns. I don't know. You, you fight that out amongst yourselves. Then there's a third belief. So, so white Christian nationalists believe that... I forget these, so let me scroll back up here and make yeah. sure I have them. A belief in a warrior Christ and then a belief that America was founded as a Christian nation. Then number three, a belief that there is such a thing as a real American... Now, they say that in 2008, vice presidential candidate Sarah Palin introduced a new term to the political discourse. She talked about the real America and the pro-America areas of this great nation. I'm sorry. I grew up watching like professional wrestling, and Hulk Hogan came into a song, I Am a Real American, Fight for the Rights of Every Man. It's been around for a lot right. longer than Sarah Palin was running for political office. Such language has been co-opted into a worldview held by many white Christian nationalists. The nation is divided between real Americans and other citizens who don't deserve the same rights. Who believes this junk? It, but it, it, they have to create the dichotomy, Justin. That's the whole point. The whole essence of this article is to create a split among Americans that if you are white, you believe in Jesus, you believe in democracy. So you're a white Christian nationalist. You're a white Christian nationalist. That if you believe that our founding fathers... We're coming at it from a biblical worldview that all of a sudden you're a white nationalist, which puts you against everything else. Everything The progressive else. ideology. Right. So so they're creating a, an enemy. Out of you and you're, me and everybody else. I don't know of any other way to read this, y'all, other than let's... So no one is going to try to find who the white Christian nationalists are. Do you understand my point? No one's going to go into a church and ask you, are you the white Christian nationalist? or? Are you but if you're Christian? white, a Christian, and you believe in, in the concept of America, you are a white Christian nationalist. And because would argue that in today's right. realm, you could even be an African American and be a white Christian nationalist because whiteness is an essence. It's kind of like the, 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 the woman who asked uh, Alan West, former congressman, mm -hmm. if he identified as black... Tim Scott gets it all the time too. And you're sitting there going, and 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 her question that that followed up from that was rather her commentary because he was he kind of laughed at it. She was like, "No, I'm I'm serious about this, and you're not listening to me." Yeah. And he was like, "Of course I identify. If you take a look at my skin, the melatonin of my skin is a certain color, and and that's just the place where." The, the need to divide America mm -hmm. along racial lines to fit the narrative that we're looking at here is just getting out of control. 
The mainstreaming of white Christian nationalism comes as a growing number of Americans are rejecting organized religion. According to a recent Gallup poll, membership in communities of worship fell below 50%, and belief in God is now at an all-time low. Add that to the country's growing racial and religious diversity, people who identify as white alone declined for the first time since the census began in 1790, and the majority of Americans under 18 are now people of color. On the surface, Christian, white Christian nationalism should not be on the ascent in America. So the white Christian nationalists are looking for salvation from two sources. One is the emboldened conservative majority on the U.S. Supreme Court. Protecting school prayer offers hope as well as the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Critics, on the other hand, say the high court is eroding the separation of church and state. Is the separation of church and state in the room with us right now? I it is. It. It's, can't you, it's right here. The aura is right here. white Christian nationalists are inspired by those decisions because one of their central goals is to erase the separation of church and state in the U.S. They call the Supreme Court the most religious Supreme Court since World War II. They, they cannot grasp that this is not a progressive court that is using the court as a legislative body. But they say it is. That they need to actually go back and read the Constitution. It wouldn't do any good. It would actually show them they're wrong. Right. And that's the whole point. It's showing them that they're wrong on these, these issues. And when all of a sudden you've got this religious court that's now out there. Catholic, by the way. <clears throat> it begs, they're now at this point of, Listen, all of these issues are now out here, and now you're going to strip me and you're going to take me back. What, with Handmaid's Tale? What's the movie? Handmaid's the... Tale, we're going to force women to be pregnant or something right. like that. Right, and, and, and it's just crazy when you look at this and you go, the Supreme Court is actually being more constitutional now yeah. than it has ever been before. Well, what I would say, and, and, and so we get to the biblical worldview, how does this... What do we do with this? Does that, wait, does that make... Since he was the one who spun up all this stuff, does that make... Clarence Thomas, a white Christian national? Oh, they would say it does. He's look, Clarence Thomas is looking to do away with interracial marriage, too, by the way, as he's married to a white woman. Uh, how does this work for the Christian worldview? Because you got these two things. you got this article from CNN. I'm telling you, the assault on, I would say, religion in general is going to become very evident, but certainly toward the Christian religion. Right. Believers in Jesus are going to believers in Jesus are going to be are persecuted. Really going to incur some much some much delayed harm. It's been delayed for a while, but I believe it's coming. Right. So, what's the response to this? How how do you respond to these issues? Some people may actually respond by being fearful. Some would. I would encourage you to not be. Right. Um, I would encourage you to look at Micah six eight. Right, because God has already shown you, oh man, what is good. And what, what does the Lord require of you? You know this, to do justly, to love mercy, and then walk humbly with God and let him take care of the rest. I added the him take care of the rest part. But the, you actually did tell him to walk humbly with God because, uh, was it Van Jones who left that part out? No, it was Senator Cory Booker. Oh, that's right. Who said that you should love mercy and do justly and walk humbly. That's walk it. humbly, not with your God, just walk humbly. For Senator Booker, it, never mind, I'm going to stop. Um, the point is, is that you... You need to understand what's coming. You also need to understand that it's important for you to engage. It's not a doom and gloom day. Don't let the idea that you, because you're a Christian, that means you're an insurrectionist and you hate right. all people except for white people, 
be a cause for you to sink into the background. You've been called to carry a mantle into the world. You you are a reflector on the guardrail. There you are. As we say around here. You have the opportunity to speak actual truth to issues. You need to go look at who the representatives were who voted in favor of this Marriage Equality Act. Two from South Carolina. Three from South Carolina. If you count Jim Clyburn, you had Jim Clyburn, you had Nancy Mace, and you had Tom Rice. Tom Rice isn't going to be in that. Tom Rice isn't going to be in there for very long. long. I think he's at a point right now where he honestly doesn't he doesn't care. Right? He doesn't care. He's just voting. If those are, if any of those three are your representative, give right. them a shout. Let them know we sent you. Uh no, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, that that's a that's a different ad read. Um, you need to get in touch with them. Let them know how you feel. Let them know where you stand on this issue because I think it's important as we continue to look at the progression here that we're going to see. You're going to see more and more attacks on this, on these fronts, on these cultural issues that we've been told for so long don't really matter. Oh, you're mad. Culture war. Right. right. The former president said that. All these trumped up, all these trumped up culture wars. <laughs> so you need to be aware of what's happening and you need to know how to engage in the culture. Have the conversations. If you don't know, if you don't know what's going on, email me, Justin at Palmetto Family, David Palmetto Family. Email us. We'll gladly send you what we're reading, what we're seeing, what we're studying, and then how you can have those conversations. Because it's important for you to be informed about what's going on. Well, and that's it goes back to the folk, point, folks, that you know, as we talk about this, and, and as we sit here, we're both lump, lump going all over our computers pulling up things because we pass ideas back and forth all the time. We see something and we go, wait, folks need to hear about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was in, in Arizona last week and... You know, I saw three or four articles. You saw two or three articles. We had things that were going back and forth because you're going to be hearing these things out there and they're going to be out front and and they're going to seem like they're mainstream when the reality is mainstream is really way off course. And that's where we have to go back. I mean, it kind of goes back to that, the tweet that that came out that where Al Gore said that climate deniers are like Uvalde police officers who just didn't rescue children. There there are these things that where... That man almost became president. It was 537 votes in Florida. That was it. I'm Al Gore. Sorry, that's my Al Gore. There you go. But you, you begin to ask yourself, how do I look at this? What do I do with this? This is why we talk about this on the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Because... What you do, how you do, how you interact with the world is really important. Because you have to have that understanding of a biblical worldview. It's really interesting. We have we keep a lot of books over here on this on the set. Mm-hmm. This I gotta pull this one up because I actually met this guy in Arizona. Wayne Grudem, Politics According to the Bible. Great book. Um, the author is a fantastic um it, it, it's beyond just a great writer. He is a great theologian, but he's also just a great taker of the historical aspects and help you to be able to apply what they actually mean so that you can go back to biblical reference and you can say, well, the Bible says these things. This is what, how you approach the issues of money. How do you approach the issues of sexuality? How do you approach the issues of climate according to what the Bible actually says? And so that's what we spend our time here doing. And and as you hear things going on in the news, let us know what you're hearing because it's important for us because you may be hearing things that are out there in the public and you're going, I, I don't know what to do with this. Or I heard about this. I don't know if, if if everybody else knows. And so we want to make sure that we're there as a resource for you. Because 
it means a lot to us. We had a, there was a note that came in mm-hmm. over the weekend, mm-hmm. and it was sitting on the desk today, and it was such an encouragement from a couple who simply said, "I I have a better understanding of the issues that are going on. You're speaking to the issues and yep. biblically why they matter. We need you." Um, and that was such an encouragement because we are here for that purpose. And if you want to support the work that we do, we have, we would appreciate your ongoing investment in our work, just like we have with with folks who want to do, who sponsor, like our friends at MB Sweets. They are doing a great job, gluten-free bakery in Lexington, South Carolina. They deliver and they, they ship all across the U.S. But as a, a husband-wife couple, they're doing a home-based business that's doing gluten-free snacks, gluten-free desserts, macarons, the brownies were delicious. I could, they're gluten-free, grain-free, uh, guilt-free because they were like so, so healthy. So healthy. About it. And so if you have a chance, check them out, mbsweets.com, mbsweets.com, mbsweets, great gluten-free snacks and gluten-free desserts. As a matter of fact, they are doing a, a gender reveal piece this weekend and it was really cool. So you can also check them out, MMB Sweets, on Facebook. That gender reveal, by the way, will either be a boy or a girl. Really? For what it's worth. It can't be a third. You There's can't. Really no other option. But, oh, uh, no, but what? What, can't we do that on our birth certificates in some places now? Yeah. You, you can. can be blank. You can be X. Oh. Like X-Men. Wolverine. Uh, <laughs> final thing. Speaking of things that don't make any sense, uh, the president. Sorry. Sorry, this is serious. This is serious. This is okay. serious. Are you sure? president has COVID, and so I hope the president gets better. Um, yeah. He's doing well. We hope he does really well and recovers fully. Please. Please recover Please fully. Please recover fully. We would appreciate that. I, I don't I don't want you to leave office right now, sir, <laughs> mainly because of Your successor. Cackles. Um, uh, kudos to Congressman Wilson for that name. Um, yeah, hope he does better. Hope he's doing well. Symptoms were mild. Thank, thank goodness he was vaxxed and boosted. Oh, uh, how many times well. over? He's doing well, I think, and um, he's working, I guess, on stuff. Right. Maybe. Okay. Don't know. Don't really have any proof of that. Um, but they did. Things aren't getting better. They did prove that he had finished his whole plate of food. It was literally a thing. Like the the nurse said. He finished all of his food. No, that, was, no, that was one of the top doctors in the country said. He showed me his plate, and it was empty. And I'm like, oh, happy plate. Isn't that what they do with, with folks with dementia in nursing homes? That and with five-year-olds. Um, which just one of the same. Um, so we hope the president's doing well. Yes. Hope he continues to recover because you never want... I mean, it's the same with former president who had COVID at one time. You don't want the president to be sick. You don't want the president to be... In a situation None of us where really wants to be sick. Threatened. I mean, no I got a little bit of a cold today too, but you no know. one really wants to be sick. So I hope he's doing better. Yes. Hope when he comes back, gas will be. Uh, he just bragged about gas prices lowering to like thirty, thirty-five dollars less. Than what Wait, didn't he before. actually over the weekend talk about how how this has been the Carolina. lowest drop in gas prices, in like the fastest drop in gas prices in American history? When the gas prices go up, it's Putin's fault. When they come down, you're welcome, America. I'm working for you. Did, so, they, did he even talk about how quickly the gas price had risen? No, that's different. That's Putin's price hike. Putin's price hike, but Biden's bringing them down. Yes, because but he is Biden able. has not brought them back down to the pre-Putin did it levels yet. No, that would be that'd be good. That would I'd be like significant right there I'd if like he would actually that. do that. Later on this week, I'm sure there'll be something else that breaks that we're going to have to talk about. Uh, but for now, we'll leave it at the the vote in the House to. <laughs> To secure your right to contraception, 
This is a Family Matters podcast. I won't tell you what I really think. And um, the vote in the House to secure the right to same-sex marriage because... Sure. Why Why not? Why not? Let's just have a blast here in our final days. And, of course, if you're a... You can tell he's reading Left Behind series now. Just so that you, you know... We're on book three. Wait, wait, you're on book book three. I'm on book three. Nikolai has... um, Okay, but... Nikolai has really started moving. Okay, just so you can be aware in future podcasts, he's reading them pretty fast. Because he's like really getting into the storyline. How many books did you do this weekend? Uh, it took me a week to read the second book. Okay. And that's about 400 and some odd pages. Okay, so I can probably guarantee you that for like the next 12 to 14, 15 weeks, as he goes through the entire series, it's only going to get darker. It's only going to get darker. Dark. I, <laughs> the fastest growing concern you know, I'm letting you know. I'm bringing the doom and gloom, guys. and we're going to have some fun. We'll do that later this week on the fastest growing conservative podcast, which has more viewers than reliable sources, I am told by reliable sources, here in South Carolina. Thank you so much for watching this. Please share this with your friends on Facebook. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave us a rating, five-star rating, and a review if you would be so kind. If you're watching us, us on YouTube, make sure that you hit subscribe and hit yes. the little bell button right there because that actually lets you know when these podcasts come live so that you can watch them as you are there at home or yeah, exactly. listen to them while you're in your car. It's important for you to do that as we reach these summer months. Maybe you're going to be on the beach like I am in a couple of weeks, and what better thing to do on the beach than listen to me prattle along about the problems in America. I love doing that. I'm sure my family looks forward to it as well. They, I'm sure they do. On the beach. That's all. I got with. But your, but your family does appreciate the fact that you keep them informed. I try to. I try to. Oh, speaking of informed. Yes. Just a reminder, October 15th, get yes. it on your calendar. We're going to be totally relatable. Totally relatable because Allie Beth Stuckey is going to be speaking at an event that we're holding here in Columbia. We'll probably be at the uh, Alumni Center here at the University of South Carolina. That's across the street from the Convention Center. If you were part of our events earlier this uh, or late last year when we had Vice President Mike Pence in, it'll be across the street from there. But Allie Beth Stuckey's coming. I'm really excited and encouraged when I start hearing from folks when we talked about this last time who said, you know, I'm making, I'm making plans to come to your state to be a part of this event because that's going to be really important. Allie Bestucky, phenomenal, conservative woman. Uh, she is currently a commentator on the Blaze Network, um, but just will bring a very unique and very biblically driven perspective on the issues that we're talking about today. So make sure that you've got that on your calendar uh, and make sure you're also signed up on our email newsletter so that you can be up to date when we put more information out about that by October 15th. Get it on your calendar now. That's all important for you to keep in mind, and we'll talk about that more later on this week on the fastest-growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Podcast.